in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here for another exciting uh, week of Top 10 discussion. And how are you? I'm good. Good. Recovering from um, being on your show with my fellow geek buddies, my nerd pals. Um, Dork Squad. The Dweeb Dudes. Yeah, the Dweeb Dudes. The Dweeb Dudes. Not going to spoil anything because I think this will come out before that episode comes out. So... Yeah, it comes out two days before that episode comes out. But it was a fun game. It was a fun game. It was a lot of banter, as is uh, three competitive guys going at it. So um, good stuff. Good stuff. How are you? Uh, I am good. I have, uh, you know those fine hairs on a cactus? They're called glockids. <laughs> I have a glockid in my palm, and I can't get it out, and it's oh, fucking you, driving oh, me nuts. Were you weeding or something? What were you doing? No, I'm, uh, I took cuttings of a cactus we have to make, oh, okay. to make more of those cactuses. And <laughs> I took every precaution available. And yet, uh, a couple of those fuckers still got through <laughs> all the precautions. They're brutal, man. It's, wow. it is not fun. Yeah. Wow. But they're oh, tiny. Wow. They're, they're thinner than one of your hairs. Wow. Okay. And they barb in and you got to take tweezers mm-hmm. to get them out. I learned that lesson the first time I dealt with the cactus. I just had gloves on, and that was not nearly enough. Uh, so I had gloves and tongs and wow, tongs. all kinds of shit, and I still got a couple in my fucking hands, but one in my palm, and I cannot get it out. And it uh, That's annoying. Uh, you don't notice it until anything touches that very specific part of yeah. my palm, and then suddenly it's like, bah, it's still there. It's still there. Uh, so I am, as we're discussing, trying to dig it out of my oh, box because uh, it is not fun. It's frustrating. I hear you. Yes. Um, well, shout out to Matt Movie 611 and James Petty for joining us here from our um, list of patrons of the $10 and above patrons. That's for everybody. If you're a $10 and above patron, you get to listen in for uh, early for free on Thursdays, uh, every second and fourth Thursday of the month when we do this. So if you're not a patron... At the $10 level, you're missing out on this uh, nice little gift we get to give you. You get to know the list ahead of time. You get to know the topic ahead of time. You get to be more knowledgeable than everyone else in the top 10 fandom. You get to kind of lord it over them. So just a little suggestion for you all there, out there as patrons. And, and plus, once they get going in the chat and stuff, uh, yeah. we'll bring like them in from the, the chat to see their opinions. And on a show like today... Uh, I'd be intrigued as to what other people come up with because yeah, um, we kind of came to this late. We had another topic and then realized that we had done that topic, a very, very similar topic in the not too distant past. Yeah. So we scrapped it kind of last minute uh, yesterday and came up with this topic, which is really fun. And I still, I spent a ton of time and I feel like I'm, I missed, I had to have missed so many different choices. So I'm looking forward to yeah. see what you came up with. Uh, for this, but I have a full page oh. of what I came up with. 
same thing, like a million choices um, that are fun to consider. Because if he hadn't done Spy, I think I would have limited some of my stuff. But because he's done Spy, it kind of opened up a little bit more in my mind of what he's capable of as an actor. Sure. So it kind of made me go into certain spots. Now, my list is, for the most part, pretty standard. But I also threw some other ones in there that would be a lot of fun to see him do. Once again, we're saying, what if Jason Statham starred in this movie? It doesn't mean that they he would have done necessarily a better job. Although it doesn't mean he wouldn't have done a better job. But it's more a matter of, do we think he would have fit in this movie? and would he have improved this movie or at least been pretty kick-ass in the movie? Um, and I like that kind of uh, what-if scenario because it really sends your mind into a number of genres, into a number of movies from multiple decades to explore and examine and see um, which ones fit. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you start to visualize how how would he be? Would he... And we're not saying it's an upgrade. Right. We're not right. saying like, oh, that, that actor wasn't good in it. Just like, well, what if this were the case? Would this work? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know that I specifically went with he needed to star, although I think in my list oh, okay. he does. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, because you know, he, we got to know him in ensemble pieces. Yeah. True. And yeah, lock, stock and snatch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, we've already seen him do the ensemble. And then like you, I was like, spy, he's done comedy. Yeah. 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 So I searched around for what potential uh, comedic options uh, there could be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that I didn't put on my list, but I'm like, that would be an interesting take. Yeah. 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 You know, I may actually end up uh, liking that one more. I don't know. I'd have to see it. <laughs> but I mean, I'll just throw it out. One that didn't make my list. Uh, 48 hours. If you took put him in the Nick Nolte. Yeah. I thought about him for Beverly Hills Cop, but I'm like, he doesn't do non-American accents. It's, he can't do American accents, rather. It's, it's rare when you see him do an American accent. So I think it'd be really tough for him to do it. But yeah, 48 hours, him and Nick Nolte, that could be interesting. If you, know. yeah. Him and, uh, Eddie Murphy. Him and Eddie. Oh, you want him as Nick. So yeah. he wouldn't be the grizzled old veteran. He'd be kind of the young cop who's taking a chance on this guy. Yeah, well, but he'd still be surly. It'd still fit into a lot of what he does. And you have Eddie do the heavy lifting on the com- uh, comedy. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of just be the the grisly straight man. It's yeah. Like, that could work. You still have all the magic of Eddie. And yeah. uh, I still think Nick Nolte would be better. And it's like, ah, I got other options on my list that I think would work. <laughs> so I didn't uh, elect to choose that one. But I was like, because of Spy, it really opens up. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of different possibilities. Oh, totally. So hopefully that's reflected on our, our list. But, uh, yeah. What else is going on? You see that Kenobi trailer? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. It's one of the, as soon as I saw it pop up on Twitter, I'm like, I'm watching that because they're not going to spoil anything. You know what I mean? It's, no, no, of course not. No, no. It's spread over so many different episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks really good. Wow. You're on board. Yeah. I'm very much on board. I think. I- it has all it look the settings look correct. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping you know, uh Book of Boba Fett was more of a departure yeah from the potential of what they can do. Rather than the standard. Yes. Yeah. Uh because if that is the case, then I'm probably not gonna enjoy I'll watch every episode, but I'm not gonna enjoy it as much as I may be looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it looks Interesting. We're apparently getting the emperor. So, yeah, that's the rumor. Uh, well, I mean, he's in the trailer, right? But how much of it is he going to be? 
Yeah. In the show. That's, I guess, what I was getting at. Because you've got the Inquisitors, you've got the, um, um, well, whoever, the, you know, the other ones who are hunting down the Jedi, you the brothers and sisters there, and then you've got, um, Kenobi trying to figure out what to do with Luke, and then you've got Uncle Owen being a part of this, so there's a lot of moving pieces to this trailer that are exciting to consider and think about. Um, I liked it, and the new planet looks a little Blade Runner-esque, so I like that kind of approach to it as well, and it looks like a, how can I say this correctly? It looks like a more well-directed series than what we got in Book of Boba Fett, you know, and I think, other than the Mandalorian episodes, which I thought were fantastic. Yeah. In the book of Boba Fett. The other episodes weren't quite as exciting, except for maybe the second episode by Steph Green. She did a nice job. But Deborah Chow here coming in, looks like she's got a really clear vision of what she wants to do and looks fantastic. And the mixture of the old technology with the new technology, um, all of it kind of really works for me um, in terms of appearance and look. And he's a broken dude, you know, re- sure. suffering from what happened to within the uh, – prequel series and in the clone wars so there's a lot that he's got to put back together so that's going to be very interesting to watch him try and do it um you know because we're so used to the old kenobi yeah this is a kind of transition from the young kenobi into the older kenobi and that's going to be fun to see i assumed the blade runner as you described it Mm. was coruscant no no it's a new planet called daiwu okay so they're exploring that yeah and seeing what's there with all the neons well good i mean you know we're on Tatooine again. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get the fuck off of Tatooine on some, at some point. Yeah, I know people have such an issue with that. <laughs> well, it's just, it is all our literally. Movies, all our movies occur mostly on Earth, Matt. We seem to be okay with our movies being on Earth, but. Oh, okay. Well, on Earth, we don't have space wizards and we also don't have warp drives where we can go to any fucking planet. At least That's like fair. Mandalorian, as much as <laughs> the episodic nature of it wasn't my favorite early yeah. on. Yeah. He's still going around to different locales. You're right. He is. He is. Absolutely. Absolutely. To taking advantage of the fact that every fucking possible planet is in the mix as opposed to one desert planet. Apparently everything happens here. Yeah. So just to give us something different. I Like Kenobi has to. I yeah. totally get that. Right, right. Because uh, he's protecting Luke. Yeah. Yeah. He's there, but at least he's going to be off world some of the time. It looks like. Yeah, for sure. And that – that um spaceship or docking station, whatever the uh, fortress inquisitorious, that's not, I don't think that's on Tatooine. So that opens up a whole nother, um, I don't know, place they can go or a, a area they can explore. So that looks cool too, you know? And again, the, the mixture of the old technology, which is those, you know, the stone huts from fricking a new hope to what we're seeing when they're landing the, those black spaceships inside that, what looks to be a, a technological, a more technologically advanced structure than the ones Uncle Owen is living in, you know. And I'm curious, Matt, what we're going to get with Joel Edgerton. I mean, Deborah Chow said, I want to thank George Lucas for casting him in the series or in the uh, prequel series because it's been a godsend to have him on the set. So clearly they expanded his role. You know, you and I are from that generation that saw him as like the, you know, kind of overweight, dowdy, middle-aged dude, uh, you know, complaining about Luke going to yeah. or stay away from the old man, that kind of stuff. And and now he's got a little more – it seems like Joel's going to bring a little more edge to him, a little more nuance to his approach to um, taking care of Luke. You know, I mean, in the trailer I saw it because I 
didn't look up on IMDb. I don't know who's in the yep. cast. And I was like, man, that dude has really grown up to look like Joel Edgerton. <laughs> and I didn't know it was him. I was like, man, that guy looks a lot like Joel Edgerton. Good for them for casting. Uh, <laughs> Joel Edgerton. Well, yeah, the only reason you would assume that he comes back is if that his part is beefed up. Of course. Yeah, at this stage in his career, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Too established, too good to be wasted on such a small part. It's not worth his time. Yeah. God, remember him in The King as Falstaff? What an interesting casting. He was so good in it, man. Yeah, puts on a little weight. God, he was good in that movie. Fuck, man. I'm telling you, I'm going to go back and watch that thing. I haven't watched it in forever. i got to watch it. Um, We got Matt Movies uh, 611 chiming in saying, could have been interesting to see him in Con Air. Jason Statham, he means. That would have been funny. It's on my side list. Put the money down. Put the money down. Well, it came down to what role. I think Malkovich is the obvious, but oh, I would keep Malkovich in that. Okay, yeah, I would. I would totally go Nicolas Cage over Malkovich. Uh, you, you tell me you're buying Statham with a mullet. I barely buy Cage with the mullet. <laughs> I, buy Cage, I buy Cage in anything. Uh, well, I mean, nothing says he has to keep the mullet. Why does he have to keep the mullet? I don't, to me, it's intrinsically part of the character because it is. Fair enough. Uh, okay. I can yeah, see. I thought I thought about it on the bad guy side. Who would I replace? Right. right, right. And nobody's part is bigger than or big enough other than uh, Malkovich's. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't Buscemi, make he's not as unhinged as Buscemi. No. So you can't do that one. You wouldn't make him Trejo because it's too small. Yeah, it's too small a role. And Ving Rhames is just too perfect as Diamond Dog. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And then there's the uh, the gentleman that, uh, what, he's played Baby something or other? Uh, he was Bubba in Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, McKelty Williamson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But parts too small. Yeah, yeah. If he's one of the guards or something, those parts are tiny except for the woman's. But even then, that's not a large part. It's not. No, you're yeah. right. Maybe Cole Meany, but too small a part. Or maybe Cusack. Could be Cusack. Maybe. 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 Yeah. I think that's possibly the front runner. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I, I've got it on my side list, but I just couldn't come to a conclusion. Just cast away Chappelle. You take the Chappelle role. Sure. <laughs> uh, oh, Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, that. I thought of a couple of different Nick Cage movies, and I was like, I can't. There was one other one I came close to putting on my list. Yeah. Uh I wouldn't replace Cage. I'd replace somebody else in it, but it's another big part. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Fair point. But I didn't, uh, I, I elected not to. I oh. thought that was, I, I prefer who's in there now. That's very big of you. That's very big of you. Well, you know, when you're fictitiously casting these things, <laughs> a lot of thought goes into it. Sure. Jeremy Bauer's coming in saying, uh, good fucking afternoon, fellas. I haven't, uh, had a, I haven't had a chance to catch these handsome pieces of meat live in a long time, but it feels good. Hello. Hello. Uh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's good to be objectified, you know? Yeah. Feels take, good. At this age, I'll take it. I don't care. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Hands down. It happens so infrequently <laughs> that it's like, well, that feels, that feels nice. Thank What's you. That? What is that I'm feeling? Oh. For that, that's my running joke with Catherine. All oh, that, she said, that woman, she just tried to give me her number. <laughs> does she <laughs> eye roll? What does she, what does she do? Yeah, pretty much. 
I'll do it with anybody. Ooh, that guy over there is giving me some heat. You see that? I Look at that. He is staring at me pretty hard. He's putting a hole through my body. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just uh, do that all the time. <laughs> hey, she asked if you're in for a threesome. What do you think? <laughs> you want to No. All right. I'll let her know. Is she a goer? Does she go? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you in for? Uh, or I'll do the, uh, oh shit. Hey, you care if I go see my girlfriend tonight? <laughs> just, just, I'll introduce her as my ex-girlfriend. This is my ex-girlfriend, Catherine. Done that, so. Yeah. Well, she's my wife. So technically that is accurate. This is my ex-girlfriend. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're just here at this event. We're just hanging out. No, yeah, see, I, I love hanging out with her. She's great. <laughs> we didn't really work as a couple, but we're great friends. Not as boyfriend, girlfriend. No, no. We moved on from that. <laughs> it wasn't on. really for us. That's good. That's good. I like that. We don't really go out, so I couldn't even use those jokes if I tried. We we rarely go out. Um, her her sister goes after us sometimes now, uh, my girlfriend's sister, because she's just, or my, sorry, my life partner's sister. She hates that I call her my girlfriend. She's like, we are beyond girlfriend. And I'm like, I, from my knowledge, the next thing past girlfriend is fiance and then marriage. So I, I don't want to call her my fiance or my, but she's like life partner. I'm like, that feels weird to me. So I don't know. Anyway, sister gives me, gives us shit all the time that we don't leave the house. I leave the house to go shopping or go groceries or whatever, but I don't, I rarely leave the house for any other reason. Hmm. And so she, she's now started to, you know, could we do, we do the walks or whatever, but we don't really go out anywhere. So that's starting to become an issue. I think I told her that the other day. I was like, we got to start going out on the social occasions more. Like we got to go talk to people. And she's like, what do we need to talk to people for? We're happy just you and me talking to each other. I'm like, I, I, I get that. But we're going to lose social skills, and this could come in handy down the road. So, Are you running for office or something? No, I'm or just you... saying. You never know, man. You, you say the wrong thing in the public. You know, like you, you forget what the um, the right thing to do is maybe. I don't know. I just have these concerns. I just have these concerns. Well, something to keep in the back of your mind. I don't know what California law is, but after you guys live together for long enough, you're common law married. So I technically. Think years. I think it's yeah, 10 years. Something along those lines. So after. 10 years technically she is your common law wife that's true it sounds like something out of the south she's a common law wife we've been together 10 years well how long have you two lived together now 10 three God, four years years uh no we've lived together we're a, we're entering into our third year of living together and our but we're going to be celebrating our fourth year in august of being together so the first year we didn't live together and then we moved in together. Okay. And this is our second place we've had together. I think with Beverly Hills, we only we were only there a year, I think, before we moved, or a little bit past a year before we moved. So, yeah. Did you pick up any of that lingerie before you left? You know, from your neighbor? <laughs> hey, oh. guy, we're getting out of here. Uh, <laughs> it seems like you got a, a good business there. Oh, yeah, that guy. Can I check out your wares <laughs> before I head out? Gotta assume he's still there, but I'm just, we're, we're so happy. No one argues around us. No one fights around us. Oh, that's great. It's nice, dude. We, had, I mean, living in that Beverly Hills, man, the, the that old ass Italian couple fighting all the time, it drove us insane. So 
There's a slight, anyway. slight lag on your end. Just oh, is there? Oh. Okay. Nope. It's corrected. Good now? All right. Yeah. Real quick. Have you watched Winning Time yet? First episode. Uh, yeah. Watched the first episode. Uh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, it's tailor made for you, me, and anybody else that likes basketball. So it's true. It's true. Uh, it was good enough that Catherine is down to watch it. So it's one of our programs. So that's good. That's good. And I do like that there's already backlash on the representation of Jerry West. <laughs> um, by all accounts, he swears like a sailor, but people are taking issue with how boisterous and animated he is, at least how he's portrayed oh. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they, they, that opening title card says, look, this is a dramatization. We are yeah, combining certain very- characters. Yeah, we're fictionalizing certain aspects of this to make it a more compelling story. Uh, so, but it's still interesting nonetheless. Are, are like there it. that many Jerry West apologists left in the world? I don't, I mean, Jerry's pretty old. I feel like the people who actually knew him, are there that many people who have had daily interactions or extensive interactions with Jerry West to defend him in this manner or be offended by his portrayal? I kind of, I think, I think it gives him more personality than he's had when I've watched him in interviews or in, in documentaries. I like that he's a boisterous, angry, cursing guy on the golf course, at least from the beginning. So yeah. I have no issue with that. Yeah. I mean, we see him, he's calm and measured. Yeah. We don't get to see the behind the scenes. Right. Like him flipping out when the Warriors were thinking about trading Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. And if he was just went on a expletive ridden tirade. Uh, on that, yeah, like very well could have been. He's no James Worthy, but he'll be. Well, James, I love the amount of drama that he brings. It's great. It is fantastic. Oh yeah, it is. For those that don't Um, know, yeah, I get it. There's a lag happening behind this. On me? No, no, on my end. So let me. I'm going to switch over to my Ethernet, and if I get kicked out, I'll come right back in. Okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, the, the show is really good. I would, uh, I mean, it's well acted. It's well shot. It's a nice period piece. You don't really need to be thus far a fan of basketball to enjoy the show because it's just about the, the individuals, uh, you know, involved in the story and most of which eh, I'd say at this point, you know, of the primaries, you got Magic Kareem, and if you don't know Doctor Bus, well, that's going to be a big chunk of the story itself. But you got Magic Kareem. You'll have the Showtime Lakers. I'm sure they'll have celebrity like a young Jack Nicholson. Oh, probably, yeah, yeah, and uh, other people like that. Paul Abdul, Diane sure Cannon, for some reason, was a big staple at Lakers games. <laughs> Huge. I knew her from Lakers games long before I knew she was. Like I, that and clips from the Carson show, and I didn't. Oh know yeah, right, right. What else she did? The nineteen eighties. Uh, yeah. Crazy. But yeah, I mean, I, you know some of the players involved, so it's a little celebrity piece, but it's fictionalized. Yeah. It's good yeah. though. It's good. Yeah. They got really good actors. They do. And this is also, you know, a bit of lore. This is the show that tore uh, McKay and Farrell's friendship apart. So. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Farrell wanted to play Dr. Buss. 
and McKay had cast someone else, and yeah, then they yeah. had to drop out. So then John C. Riley took over. But word right. is that they it hurt it destroyed their friendship. Destroyed could be a strong word, but oh, really, yeah, it 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 was not good for their friendship. That's the story that I heard leading into this. Oh well, 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 well. Um. Okay. But I don't know anything else beyond that. And whether or not that's true, I have no idea. The casting. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. It was someone else. I can't remember who it was. I know it was somebody else, and then they got John C. Riley, and I was like, interesting for Dr. Buss, okay. I mean, yeah. I love John C. Riley. He's a phenomenal actor. Oh, Jason Clark was cast originally. Jason Clark was cast originally. Okay. Right? No. No, he's uh Well, he's in it already. He's, That's yeah, he's he's uh, Jerry West. He is Jerry West. Right, right, right. Cool. Jesus, there was someone else that was. Yeah, you're right. Fuck him, I can't find the, the fucking thing. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. Because Adrian Brody. That's I say that is such an out of the box yet good casting decision for him as Pat Riley. I, in my mind, I wouldn't have thought him for Pat Riley. And then when you see it, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. I actually get it. So we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> it's good so far. I'm pulling for it. I hope it's excellent. Um, Me too. I talked to uh, Snyder and he was like, I've, you know, basically he's seen, he'd already seen it before it came out. He's like, it's yeah. really good. I think you'll enjoy it. It's like, all right, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about it on the show as we're recording this. We're recording our first episode of that show we're doing together the hot mic on my channel. So he, I told him we got to review it on the channel because I want to see, I want to talk about it with him. So but yeah, looking forward to it. But anyway, we're here to talk about top 10 films. What if Jason Statham had been in these films and our top 10 films that we'd like to see Jason Statham be in already some suggestions in the chat here, as I said, what? on air. So, uh, yeah. And it's for operation fortune coming out. This upcoming weekend, uh, but we just saw that Statham. We're like, all right, let's do the what if, uh, for Statham because yeah, we couldn't come up with the topic for that movie, right? <laughs> In and of <laughs> itself, and Guy Ritchie doesn't have 10, and yeah. Statham for me doesn't have 10. I don't, I'm, he might get there for you because of the fast stuff, yeah, but right, I hear what you're saying though, yeah, it's it's pretty slim pickings. I mean, you're gonna have to lie to yourself and be like the Meg at number nine. Be like, no. <laughs> He's fine in it. The movie sucks. Right, right, right. Uh but I don't I don't fault him for the failure of that movie. Yeah. 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 It's the script and the directing and the just the choice to make it really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's what if and we're just putting Statham in a bunch of different roles. Yeah. And once again we're not saying it's an upgrade or we didn't like the other individual. And it's just kind of the, the possibility of this intrigued us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that I is don't even know if we're going to combine the list. I don't know. Maybe I don't remember if we combined them last time. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. That's yeah. True. We might just have to trade off. Yeah. Type of thing. Maybe, um, maybe we'll have, you know, one or two. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. Um, anyway, the show works like this. Uh, Matt and I come up with a topic, go on our separate ways, come back with our lists, our top 10 lists to match that topic. We don't tell each other these lists. Then we count them down like this. Matt counts down 10, 9, 8. I count down 10, 9, 8. Then Matt counts down 7, 6. I count down with 7, 6. And then we take a quick break for our sponsors and then jump into our top fives and trade off 
five, four, three, two, one, and then put the list together at the end. That's basically how the show works, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who might be new. Boom. Um, all right, Matt, what do you got at 10? So both of us have an entire page. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Of yeah. options. Yes. Yes. Um, so kind of at 10, it was like, uh, what I, I don't even know who makes type the of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at 10, I put Pacific Rim and take out Charlie Hunnam. Oh, interesting choice. Okay. Now, are we dealing with Jason Statham in these movies? At what age are you ca- – because I think that should be something we can um, throw into the mix as well. So how old is he? Is he the comparable age of Charlie Hunnam or is he older? I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule. So if you want to flex – and be like, take him from his lock stock years and put him in this. It's up to or, you. Saying, if you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm just asking the question. See, I think, I think this one is age independent. I don't think it needs to be a specific age okay. to be in this. Okay. Cause you got Idris Elba, who's a slightly older guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so you could easily play it off as we used to be in the army or something together or right. some sort of, uh, uh, branch of the military and they've got a long running history. So you could bring him in in that fashion. Yeah. I just think Charlie Hunnam is miscast in the movie. And I would take a lot of choices over Charlie. Yeah. Um, he's good in other stuff. I just didn't care for him in this. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, but anyway, so I was like, okay, if you put Statham in there, I do believe that he is the type of individual that have the will and fortitude to be able to, uh, pilot, so to speak, one of these mm. massive robot Leviathan things. Yeah, yeah. And then if we're doing this, what if too, I would cancel out the second partner thing and just have one person operate oh, wow. okay. the machine. I think the the link between two people and they have to sync up is really stupid. So you have to get rid of, you get rid of the Asian girl is what you're saying, right? Well, she comes in in the third act is oh, the, my bad. Okay. I would just give her her own robot. Yeah. I've seen this Uh, movie once, bro. I'm sorry. I don't remember all the particulars. Yeah, no, it's it's Charlie Hunnam and his brother in the opening, and then his brother gets killed. And because his brother gets killed, then he decides to go and uh, work on a welding job, building the walls that are supposed to keep the kaiju out. And then Elba has to show up to one of those jobs to convince him to come back in. And I can sum up Charlie Hunnam's acting in the movie in one motion, which is he he puts – he takes his thumbs and he puts them on the outside of his belt buckle on both sides. And he just walks around like a fucking cheesy gunslinger. <laughs> and he does that throughout the movie at all times. And I'm like, is that the character development you came up with for this? Is that the best you did? I saw that and I knew it had to be that. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I guess. The Olivier start with the shoes. He starts with the belt buckle. <laughs> and Easy now. Just builds the character out from there. How does he strut around? I could feel it from the belt buckle. <laughs> Have you heard Charlie Hunnam speak in no, just an throwing, interview? I'm just throwing things out there. Oh, uh, his, no, his gentleman. his accent is all over the place. Because oh, is it really? Doing oh. an American accent for so long. Oh, right, for Sons of Anarchy. Right. So it's impossible to pin down where exactly he's from. It's like Madonna's accent after she's been in England too long. Yeah, well, hers is... A, Completely affected. I think his is his brain has forgotten exactly how he speaks. Is half in, half out. <laughs> Kinda. I love it. Whereas uh, Statham, like, I buy the swaggering machismo. I, he doesn't oh, have yeah. to do the thumbs in his belt. 
yeah. type of to give me a gunslinger. Um, so yeah, I would put Statham, but at 10, I mean, there was about four or five movies all kind of fighting. And I was like, you sure. know what? I already want to recast that role in my head anyway. Yeah. So I, I would just go ahead and do the other ones were like, Oh, this would be interesting. Uh, but this one is like, to me, that's a clear upgrade. It's the only time on my list where I'm like, yes, I would recast all the others would be like, I'm not saying the other one isn't good. Right. Right. Uh, and sorry, Charlie, I'm sure you're a lovely individual and I've liked you in other things. Triple frontier. I thought he was good in. Okay. Um, you know, that movie was a slog. Oh my God. I really? I, I, I kind of liked that. Really? Okay. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Uh, lowered expectations because it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. That's fair. That's smart actually approach to it. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your nine? Uh, my number nine is above the law. Oh, <laughs> the Steven Seagal film. Yep. Nice. nice. Former Vietnam vet is now a cop. He's got to take down the corruption in his city. I fuck yes, I believe Statham would be awesome in that movie. Apparently, there's an Above the Law two in the works. Yeah, not the world is clamoring. No, no, God. Yeah, yeah, and and Seagal is writing it, so this is gonna be a gem. Uh, How'd you like to be? How'd you like to fall so low on the totem pole that you're his assistant helping him write this script? Like, how often are you questioning your life choices through that whole process? Well, I hope that person is fluent in Russian because they're gonna be spending. (laughs) Just as much time over there as they are over here. I'm just imagining Steven Seagal with his massive belly, the shirt half wide open, unbuttoned rather, pages upon pages on the table, and he's dictating in his sandals and black silk pants um, about what to do with Above the Law too. That's the scenario I have in my head. And the poor assistant's trying to just write whatever that stream of consciousness, cocaine-fueled shit he's saying. Oh, my God. I... If he's on cocaine, then they cut that shit with Crisco because that dude <laughs> does not have the physique of a cocaine addict. Unless he's coked up and drinking and eating like shit too. But he doesn't seem to eat like shit type. <laughs> the eating too much, yes. But yeah. eating like shit, no chance. At least in my opinion. You fellas think you're above the law. You ain't above mine. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. 100%. A former Vietnam vet that is now a cop in a large uh, city. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, I like, I am intrigued. I would go see this if they were like Jason Statham's coming and basically the exact same movie, just give it a different title. Yeah. I think that does well at the box because the the production cost is going to be so low. Right. That his salary is probably going to eat up the bulk of it. Yeah, you imagine so. Yeah. And once you lower the stakes on what it needs to make to make it a, a success as far as box office is concerned, this could be a nice little franchise for him. Yeah. I so, like the choice. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to do another Seagal, but I was like, above the law seems like a, that's a good one. A better fit. Yeah. For what, for what I'm asking of a character like this. <laughs> All right. What's your nine? I think you can slide into it nicely. My nine is, so fast forward like five years, maybe ten years. Okay. Taken. Oh yeah, good choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could No brainer. This yeah. is he's easily gonna be doing these parts. Yeah. In the near future. Yeah. So they're gonna have some version of taken for Jason Statham in five to ten years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where he's because he's already an older guy. Yeah. But once he gets into his late 50s, early 60s or something, and they still want to do action, well, they just 
pivot and give him the Liam Neeson uh, treatment. And then he's just doing uh, Taken. Doesn't necessarily need to be the same exact movie, so to speak, but right, roughly the same thing. That's pretty much going to be box office uh, gold if Statham is still in good standing with you know the public at large at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's a good choice. I like that choice. I mean, we haven't seen him play a dad. I don't think that I can recall. Maybe in that film where he goes back to his old hometown, his old southern hometown. I can't remember the name of that film. Oh, yeah. Front or something like that. So Yeah, it's got a generic title, and he's got the trucker hat on. Yeah, the yeah. poster. Uh-huh. I, I never saw it. I think he's a dad in that one, but I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm not, I don't think I can recall seeing him play a dad. So that could be interesting for him and Taken. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of surprising that he hasn't. I'm sure it's a decision. Like, he's like, I'm an action hero. I mean, like, Cruz, Cruz has rarely played a dad. He has done it, but it's been rare. Yeah, he has done it, but he did it long enough ago where right. it wouldn't be strange at this point. Perhaps it's because his wife is so much younger than him. Maybe it still feels strange to him. Maybe. Oh, yeah, Rosie Hunting. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. gorgeous. My God. She's, what, he, like 20 years younger? No, I, I don't really give a shit. Good for you. Right, if right, you two right. are happy, um, but maybe it's that baby. I think he does have a couple of babies with her, but I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, because I could easily see him doing the uh, which Transformers of Wahlberg had a 17 year old daughter. Yeah, the um, last night, last night. Yeah, was it? I didn't see that one, so it couldn't have been last night. You said you the one where they went to China. Oh, that's the, uh, Age of Extinction. Age yeah. of Extinction, yeah, because the boyfriend was like Romeo and Juliet Law, and he pulled out that stupid card oh, that he had laminated. Right, right, right. That right. he was over the age of 18, but in Texas it's illegal so long right. as whatever law or something. Yeah, they kept going with that in last night. That's what I was thinking last night. Okay. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. good. That that plot line was needed in Age of Extinction, so let's <laughs> keep that going. <laughs> All right. I like it. I have a certain set of skills. That's true. Tell me you couldn't believe him easily saying that same exact spiel? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. They just redo Taken. Uh, sadly, though, they're just going to do Taken again, call it Taken, and put Statham or somebody else in it because it's already an established property on some level. So. Yeah, because they had a TV series on it as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Did they yeah. really? Yeah, they tried to market that. Oh fuck! Uh, I think it was on USA, if I remember, just like they did Shooter. Did you? I um. So I fell into a wormhole of random actors on IMDb, and I watched uh-huh. like a trailer for a movie that I didn't know exist with a crazy cast. Okay. Um, called Pawn Shop Chronicles. Yeah, the Pawn Shop Chronicles. Yes, with Brendan Fraser and yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, Paul Walker. I do remember that. A uh, Martin Reedus. Uh, but anyway, the one after that was a D'Onofrio TV show that's coming out, mm. which is called Emerald City, and it's a Wizard of Oz for ABC. It looks brutal. It's coming out? Oh, did it already come out? That's what I'm asking you. It, it, did you see that it was coming out? I could swear I saw it was like, you know, on ABC coming out. Okay. I could be uh-huh. wrong. But D'Onofrio has a uh, Yeah, it a piece came out on. in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's D'Onofrio, Jolie Richardson, and then a bunch of actors I don't yeah, no. recognize. Everybody else they showed. Yeah. yeah you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
D'Onofrio played. Okay. I thought it was that that's how little I watched network television. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Been streaming for so long. It looks so awful. I can't even believe that was the first I've heard of it. It was canceled after one season. Yeah, no surprise. No surprise. But yeah, well, the trailer looked terrible. Anyway, it came after the I watched the Pawn Shop Chronicles trailer and I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> it looks like there's something to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Brendan Fraser is doing Elvis and, but simultaneously it looks like it's just a train wreck. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a gem of a good idea, a kernel of a good idea in there. Right. And right. hell of a cast, a hell of a cast. You have Matt Dillon, Elijah Wood. Yes. It's like a ridiculous cast. Wasn't it one of those like, um, what was that one with the uh, 300 cigarettes or, or whatever it is? 200 cigarettes? Yeah. Wasn't it kind of like that? Were there all different? Stories oh, having so much I think it's closer to like smoke and aces. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, really a pawn shop as a fucking starting point for a show, for a movie. You know, I right? mean, I could see it where somebody comes in and pawns something off and then somebody else comes back to get it because that wasn't theirs. It was stolen goods and they didn't verify oh. or something. I don't know. Like, eh, it could be. There's an intersection there. His, uh, it was, uh, Paul Walker's last film. He died four months after its release. Oh. Wow. And originally, Fred Durst was going to direct that one. Oh, my God. Durst has done some directing over the years, which is so surprising. Chocolate Starfish, man. Yeah, um, yeah, he's – what is it? Some of the other ones that he's directed, like some of the movies that – didn't he direct that Ice Cube one? There's one that did okay critically, and then I think he did two others that did yeah. bad. Yeah, I can't remember – what else he directed? Yeah. Long Shots. There it is. That's the one. Long Shots. That's the Ice Cube one. Then he did E-Harmony, which I have no idea what that is. And then The Fanatic. That was a weird one with um, John Travolta as an autistic man who develops an unhealthy obsession with his favorite actor and then stalks him. Oh, my God, Travolta. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I bet you he's had someone like that in his life. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's been famous for 50 years almost at this point. Yeah, 1970-something. Yeah, I yeah, guess you're right. Mid to late yeah. 70s. Yeah. So 45 years. That's a lot, dude. Um. All right, anyway, where are we? <laughs> you're number 10. What do you got at 10? What was your eight again? Uh, My number eight was taken. That's right. Okay, so my number 10 is The Saint. The, uh, oh, the Val Kilmer. Yeah. I think okay. kind of stretching his... Abilities with characters and disguises. I think it'd be really funny to see if Jason Statham could do it, could bring it, playing different characters, different accents, mess around like that. Cause I mean, you watch that movie, but Kilmer, I love Kilmer and I know he's a terror on set, but that movie was not that good. <laughs> it's a, it's a maybe a cult film. Some people do like it for the cult status of it. Yeah. But his accents are horrific in that movie. They're, I mean, he's a, he's a, obviously a very well trained actor and I'm sure he was trying, but I don't think anyone on set was like, Oh, you, you know, you're way off. You got to try this and this and this. I'm sure he was just like, let him have fun. We just got to get through the shoot and, and put this thing out and see if it makes any money. Um, but I think I would love to see Statham in something like that. I think he would actually be a better cast, uh, be better cast as that character than. Dale Kilmer was. No offense to Kilmer, but I don't know. You see Top Secret and you're like, nah, this is not a guy that can at some point become some kind of secret agent or some kind of thing that he's being in the Saint. It, it didn't really work. It didn't have that smirk that Roger Moore had as the original 
saint. So um, the film kind of suffered. So I think Statham would be great in that. Yeah, I think I think Kilmer definitely tried on it because if it was successful, then he has his own franchise unto himself, and he doesn't. Yeah. You know, he's not tied to Batman or something else, which he didn't come back for another one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't care for that movie at all. <laughs> I know somebody that loves it. Yeah. And, uh, I've never understood, but at the same time, you know, it's a artistic medium and it hits you in certain ways. You can't explain sometimes. Yeah. True. True. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would love to see him stretch himself. So that's I, what I, put that I think that's a great choice. I didn't even oh. think about that. I didn't go down a Kilmer wormhole. I went down about 20 other actors, 25 <laughs> other actors. That's what I say. There's so many options. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a good one. I like that's, that. Well, that speaks well of Statham that there are so many options because with some actors, there are only so many. Yeah. Um, oh, Paul Cree is correct here. He says, uh, our British friend Paul Cree underrated Kilmer gems, Spartan and Wonderland. I've never seen Wonderland, but Spartan is. The last great Val Kilmer led film. It is the last great Val Kilmer led film. I think Mamet does the script for that and it's a hell of a film. And Kilmer is absolutely in his element in that movie. Um, great kind of political intrigue film. Um, overall. Yeah. Wonderland's good. I'd recommend that. Okay. Okay. Isn't that the John Holmes one? Is that Wonderland? No. And about, yeah, that is. And about the murders that transpire and how he's intertwined with those individuals. Right, right. Uh, I never saw Salt and Sea. Did you see Salt and Sea? Isn't that Kilmer and D'Onofrio? Salt and Sea is, it's Kilmer for sure. I've seen some of it. I couldn't tell you how much. Okay. Because it was on HBO or something Mm. at one point. And I, I watched it like sporadically, but I never sat down and watched the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I watched the other night that I hadn't watched ever? It's no bullshit. Roadhouse. I was watching and I, 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 it's, it's so fucking dated. It's so fucking dated. Of course dated. it is. And you're watching it with 2022 eyes, which makes it even worse. Cause you're just like, not because I'm judging the film more a matter of like, wow. Like you're just aware of how our entertainment was so okay with the shit that is happening in that movie. And I'm just like, this is, I just was watching, wow, this is incredible. Cause there are quite a number of people that we probably know, Matt, who love that movie. And yeah. I've never seen it. Cause it, I'd never grabbed my, Oh, you'd never seen it. I no. I always that, thought it was okay. I was never a big fan. Okay. Yeah. No, I'd never seen it because I was like, you know, I grew up in the South and I, what are you going to show me that I haven't seen in that movie? And then, and then for whatever reason, it just didn't grab me. Look like a low rent bar movie. I didn't want to see it. And then watching it just for shits and giggles. It, it just came on as we were like serving our, like putting our dinner and, and sitting down in front of the coffee table to watch something. And I was like, I haven't never seen it. She's like, you never seen it? Fuck it. Leave it on. We'll watch it. I'm like, all right. And it was funny. She's too. excited about that, but yeah, well, because to watch other stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's my girlfriend's so weird. She's like, why do you think I'd watch that? And then I present two other things that are similar to, to that particular movie and she could be like yeah but i don't think that those are connected and i'm like oh my god you're driving me insane but whatever anyway all right my number nine is uh robin hood prince of thieves replacing costner with jason statham i think hey. immediately makes the film a better film obviously i'd replace christian slater too but i think replacing him with statham makes it interesting plus statham rarely plays romantic leads 
So this could be an interesting challenge for Statham. And of course, he has the accent right. But seeing him play Robin Hood, have to actually help people, have to actually be a part of this situation and lead it, I think would be fascinating to watch him in that role. Still with the same kind of tongue-in-cheek cheesiness that you have with uh, Alan Rickman. You don't lose any of that. But now sure. you've got a more authentic-sounding Robin Hood. And then the challenge of seeing him kind of be a little more vulnerable or softer with an Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. So. I, I like the Costner Robin Hood. <laughs> I do. So I saw it as a kid. It still works for me. I can't. If somebody saw it now and said it sucked, I, I don't know if that's the case or not. <laughs> but I loved the theater. The camera on the arrow shot. And, oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Slater's not good, but his part is so tiny. <sighs> I know. Right. And what Costner's accent is it disappears after the very early on, and it's not good when it's there. That's what I'm saying. You're not wrong. I do that very similarly with another movie coming up. I'm like, that oh, accent sucks. Why don't we just put somebody who's actually British in that fucking role? Yeah, exactly. It would have been nice. Uh, to see. But it's, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Why don't we cast a British actor to play a quintessentially British yeah. fictitious character? Yeah. Uh, someone from Lord. It's like having an American play King Arthur. It's like, that doesn't, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. So, the, I mean, yeah. that makes a boatload of sense. That one just came through to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, that that makes so much sense to me. So let's mess around with that. Plus, he did that – what was that film he did that was the, one of those period pieces that was not that good? The based on the video game one? Oh, that's brutal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, what was that? It's – It wasn't Doom, right? No. No, it's it's got one of those ridiculously long titles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember because I it's got a great cast too. Like Gary Oldman might be in it, or Ben Kingsley, one of the two. Oh yeah. And there's two or three other big names. I forgot he was in Ghosts of Mars. Jesus. Oh yeah, with uh, Henstrich. Yeah, in the name of the king. That's in it. the name of the king. Oh. Doesn't it have? Doesn't it keep going though? In the name of the king, yeah, yeah, a dungeon siege tale. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was in my head. I was like Dungeons and Dragons. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's... Ron Perlman, Ray Liotta, Lily Sobieski back when she was castable, Claire Forlani, Matthew Lillard, Christiana Loken, who is from Terminator Three, John yeah, Jeremy Lee. Irons. Like, who's the big older guy, heavyweight English actor? There's got to be one. Burt Reynolds is in this fucking thing. Oh my god. Um, I don't see. They're not. I could have sworn there was. I mean, Terrence Kelly. Yeah, I don't. I don't see anybody. Okay. Well, then I'm conflating it with some other bad projects that those actors have signed on to. Probably, probably. Yeah. Burt Reynolds is enough, though. My God. Bet you he loved making that. Hated making Boogie Nights. Loved making. <laughs> In the name of the king. In the name of the king. That's more my speed. <laughs> no, no sex. Um, all right. So, th so then, and then my number eight is a, a very obvious choice. Um, I think you remove, um, uh, Matthew McConaughey from The Gentleman and you make that Jason Statham. And it's a much better film, even though I enjoyed The Gentleman for what it was. And I liked it. It's a good movie. It is. But I think having Statham in there would have given it a more authenticity in terms of 
I, I just don't buy him as a lion. I'm no offense to McConaughey. Dude. I've never bought him as some kind of lion or some kind of a guy in charge of his surroundings. He's never radiated that to me personally. But not I, I part know of he, the McConaissance, huh? Yeah, I like the McConaissance. I'm a big fan of McConaughey as an actor. Doesn't sound like it. When he when he tries to think that he's the swaggering dick in the room, I never buy it. I never buy it. Even like because I liked him in Wolf of Wall Street because he thinks he's the swaggering dick in the room, and then he does that stupid shit of banging on his chest and making those sounds. And you're like, oh, okay, you're this kind of swaggering swing um, swaggering dick in the room, not the actual one. Uh, and so that's the, those I buy him in a lot more easily, you know, but stuff like this, I'm just like, ee. so I, yeah, I, th- I think I like if it. I'm one of the other producers on this, I fight you uh, <laughs> Fine. and be like McConaughey is better at the box office, yeah. has more recognition and Maybe. it's going to get us into more theaters and everything else, get more funding. We cast McConaughey in this role. Plus, I, I'm a fan, so I think I, I think he was great in it. I bought him as the lion. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Once again, uh, I would replace Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> and uh, Colin Farrell was, is perfect. I See, thought he was actually good in the movie. Yeah, he was good in the movie. One of the rare times Charlie's actually been good in yeah. the movie. He was so, well yeah. cast as like the seventh lead. That's what I think he's good. It's, I don't buy it. Like, I, I didn't care for Sons of Anarchy. So that yeah, colors yeah. a lot of my perception. But, uh, yeah. Fair enough, man. Fair I think enough. if you knock him down on the toe, that's why, you know, I liked him in Triple Frontier because he's the fourth one. Yeah, true. Very true. Of the triple. Well, it's what? Ben, him, uh, it's, Oscar it's, Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yeah, yeah. And there's one more, isn't there? There's four of them. Yeah, isn't it's like two brothers and two other. Did you other say guys. Affleck already? Did you say Affleck? Yeah, already? I said Affleck because he's director and one that got it greenlit. Yeah, is it? He's not the director. Oh, is that what you're saying? No, no, no. JC, he is. J.C. Chandor is the director of Triple. Oh, I thought it was uh, Affleck. No, no, no. Um, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Headland is the other guy. There you go. And Pedro Pascal is in it as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Heavy, top heavy cast. Because there's hardly n- nobody in the rest of the cast. That is a top heavy cast. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I just threw it in there because it was one of the guy Richie, because I was, I almost went with Rock and Rolla. Because I think the reason he didn't get cast in that is because Revolver didn't do well when he was the lead. So they kind of mm. walked, kind of walked away from him. But Jar Butler is so good in Revolver. I can't replace him. I like him in, in, in Revolver. He's, it's, it's a, but I'm also a Jar Butler fan. Like I'm a terrible fan of his. Like, yeah, I, I watched twenty like thirty minutes of Twenty Seven Dresses the other day. Is that the one he's in with her? No, no fucking clue. What's I've never seen any of his rom com stuff. There's in the P.S. I Love You is his with Hillary Swank. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that one. Right, P.S. Yeah, like he dies or something. Does he leave her notes? Yeah, I've never seen it. I've just seen the trailer. But I think Jack Black or is it Patton Oswalt has to kind of help her through. Or no, it's Kevin Smith. No, it's idea. Kevin Smith. That's right. But no, what was I? By the way, Cop Shop is fucking fantastic. It's I still awesome. haven't seen that. I oh, recently oh. watched the new Kingsman and Eternals. I should have watched Cop Shop. Yeah, Oof, Eternals. Eternals. God, that is. It was terrible, right? You get it. Yeah, it's it two and three hours of. We we easily could have cut fifty to sixty minutes of this easily. Yeah. You cut seven of the characters. 
Just make it six. You don't need 13 new fucking characters. Yeah, I know. It made Don't no care sense. about any of them? No. Don't believe so, the bond between Icarus and the other, the, the female lead. I don't believe that love yeah, story okay. in the slightest. Don't understand why Angelina Jolie signed off on this unless they told her, hey, when we bring back the Eternals, you're going to be a huge part of it because she was utterly wasted. I, I think she took it on because she wants to direct the smaller independent stuff that she can direct. And she will make money off this Marvel stuff. Yeah. But yeah, she is completely out of place. Completely wasted. In the Marvel Universe. She doesn't belong in the Marvel Universe. Like, in my opinion, not because she's, she can't do it. She was actually oh, up in the movie. It's just that her energy is not something that you think about with the Marvel Universe. It really isn't. And so for me, as great as she was as Athena, and she was, I'm not going to deny that, it's a weird energy to have in the Marvel Universe. And it, I don't think it worked, you know, and they had to randomly have some kind of sickness. And you're just like, what, what, the, what the fuck is this coming from? So, uh, mind weary. That's what it was <laughs> yeah. called. And I was like, it feels like we're stealing a page from DC's book with these shitty names, guys. Oh, or from James Cameron's book with the unobtainium. Yeah. My mind is, oh, he's got mind weary. Oh shit. Well, it just reminded me of mother box from oh, yeah. DC. And I'm like, oh, mind weary. That's what she's got. That's the best you could come up with. Is that, is it playing for keeps? Is that the one with her? No, that's the one with Jennifer Aniston, right? Playing for keeps where they're both bounty hunters. No, no, that's a different one. Shit, I don't know. Gerard, I don't know your rom-coms. I hate to break it to you. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I haven't seen any of them, so. <laughs> I don't. The Ugly Truth. That's the one with with uh, Heigl. Yeah, I was watching a half hour of that the other day. Man, uh, listen, let me tell you that, man. It's, it's the honest truth. Heigl is not a bad actress. For those sh- films, she nails it. The problem is, of course, offset, there were a lot of issues with her. And so she seems like a jerk. Self in the foot, man. Yeah, she's a jerk. Yeah. So a... why am I going to watch movies of somebody who's just like, mm, seems like a jerk? Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I need to like you if I'm going to watch you for two hours. And yeah. and she's likable. She's actually likable on screen. But, you know, for whatever reason, she thinks she's Angelina Jolie when, in fact, she's, you know, like a version of Megan Ryan, Meg Ryan. So. Not even. Meg Ryan had charm. It's not a version, like a clone, maybe. Like one of those Palpatine uh, clones that didn't make it out. <laughs> not that I watched the show, but once she threw the writers on Grey's Anatomy under the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By shooting down her nomination, saying the writing wasn't good enough for her to receive that nomination. It's like, get the fuck out. You you so show up to the set and pretend. Yeah. Let's not act as though your job in this mix of churning out a 20-something episodic television show is the difficult one here. Yeah, Ellen Pompeo never once went after the writers. And look, she's problematic in her own way, but she never went after the writers for their shit, so... It's any of that. It's like uh, when you hear people talk about when they do... Like, they show up to a show to do the guest starring and the stars have been there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I heard a story once of somebody that did showed up to do Law and Order, and he's like, dude, you're, as the guest star, you're doing all the exposition and everything That's describing, because they just asked, like, and what did you do next? And then you have to lay out, yeah, like, all the dialogue. And he's like, dude, it's, they're, like, chomping on a sandwich off camera, feeding you <laughs> lines. Like, they, they, it's it's Monday for them, yeah. whereas yeah. for you, like, this is a huge break or whatever else. Yeah. But the, the 
producers, the set designers, the writers, the, everybody else is scrambling to make this a reality. You could show up and be like, wow, well, looks like we got a murder. Be like, good for you. Cut. Um, all right, let's get go. Matt, we're at an hour of the show. Let's go. What's your, what's your seven? Sorry about that. Uh, my seven is, uh, in Deadpool, the original mm-hmm. switching over the villain, Ajax. Oh yeah, I, that would be great. I 100% agree with you. Nothing against um Ed Garen. I think his name is Ed Garen, or is that the serial killer? I always forget. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. He he would have been a better Ajax for sure. It just as a foil, I you already have the established. He's an action star, someone you don't mess with. Right, right, right. And so for Deadpool to take him on gives yeah. it a little bit more weight. Uh, and I, I went through a whole bunch of different superhero films. Yeah. Cause Hobbs and Shaw's superhero-esque. Yeah. Sure. Kind of, you know, shimmied over into that world a little bit. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. so I was like, okay, where, and I, I went through a whole bunch. I have a couple others that I think would be decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was my favorite of those choices. I think he could easily seamlessly transition into that role and yeah. it gives it just a little bit more weight, even though I liked, that actor and what he did and i thought it was yeah. good for the movie itself and the movie's awesome um it's like what if what what if this maybe i like that movie even a little bit more yeah ed screen ed screen that's the actor's name s-k-r-e-i-n yeah so not ed who is the serial killer i think so <laughs> let me lay off of that it, yeah it's, it's close i don't think it's ed Garen. yeah it's something else oh well. anyway um, um all right, that's a good choice. I like that choice. Definitely a better performance you'd probably get out of Statham in that role. Maybe that maybe that's why you don't cast someone who's too attention getting because you really want everybody to be focused on Ryan Reynolds. So you cast someone like Ed Screen that isn't going to take yeah. attention necessarily away. But if you cast Statham, it's a lot more of an interesting and fun dynamic that still fits the vibe of the movie. So well, with his voice, like when he traps him in that oxygen deprivation tank. Yeah, to, to get it to come out, the venom in his voice as he's yeah, torturing yeah, yeah. him, I I think would carry a little bit more menace uh, yeah. for me. Even though the guy has piercing eyes, uh, yeah. But it's like, well, this, this that was my favorite of the superheroes that I went through. So anyway, that's my seven. Okay, uh, what's your six? Uh, my six is booting the rock in the rundown. Wow. It's the only rock film I could really come up with. Mm, good choice, actually. I could see it. It's it's totally believable. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you don't, in a lot of rock movies, you need this massive hulking. Because I thought about like pain and gain is swapping out for the Mark Wahlberg role. Mm. But then it's like, well, then we're just doing Hobbs and Shaw in a different location. Yeah, yeah. With Anthony Mackie as a third wheel. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, well, what about taking the rock out of something? But in a lot of these, like you do San Andreas, you do some some of these others, and be like, you kind of need like Rampage. You need somebody of his size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have these big, massive monsters running around, and Jumanji really works for the joke of the character, so you mm-hmm. can't swap them there. And I went down the list uh, his IMDb, and then I got to the rundown. And I was like. That's a seamless switch. I'm not taking anything away from The Rock. It's quite possibly maybe my second favorite of his movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after Jumanji, the first one. Right. Um, but it, to me, it's like, that's a seamless switch. I think it's roughly the same movie. Uh, you could take the character in a slightly different way, and now it's, you know, he still works for 
the dad as a bounty hunter to track down his son, but you yeah. could create a different backstory and he's from another country, but it just, he lives in South America because he's an expat that right. was doing some covert operations down there and just decided to stay once his contract was up with whatever country he is from. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I, I could easily buy this. Um, yeah. so I put that in my number six. Okay. I like it. It's a good choice. I like it a lot. Um, all right. So then my number seven this is going to hurt Matt Nose deep in his soul. Uh, is you get rid of Robert De Niro and you put him in Midnight Run as the Robert De Niro character. No chance with Charles Grug. That's no a chance. perfect replacement. Box office failure is what that is. <laughs> that is the biggest flop on your list. Wait, now I got to take a look. I don't think Midnight Run made as much money as you think it made there, pal. Um, uh, I'm not saying it made a lot of money, but. You factor in DVD sales and oh, DVD sales. how much it's played on cable and uh, premium cable over the years. I don't think yeah. you get that wrong with Jason Statham. Yeah, uh, it made $81 million back in 19... Uh, so with inflation, that's roughly $2 billion. <laughs> $2 billion. <laughs> roughly. So, it took, hey, we took ourselves off the gold standard, man, and the, the dollar just isn't worth what it once was. Thanks, Nixon. Rounding down. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, I think he'd be great in that role. He'd be funny uh, and he'd have the appropriate amount of anger and frustration, the appropriate amount of being unsettled by Charles Grodin's antics, um, the appropriate amount of anger. And then at the end, the appropriate amount of uh, sympathy and understanding for the situation. Um, so I, I would love to see him take a role like this on. And I think he'd be great in, in a version of Midnight Run. So, you know, no offense to the great Bobby D. I'm just saying. It could be fun to see Jason Statham take on that role. I think you're dead wrong. <laughs> dead wrong. Just see him swing back into the train car and go, happy to see me. Yeah, it just wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be funny. All right. Boo. <laughs> Boo this man. Um, This one's a little more of a controversial one, but I thought, I think it could be interesting to see him. I don't know. It's a challenge. Uh, But the Kingsman, to see him as the Colin Firth character. I would like to see him okay. try that because it's a more of an upper crust character. Can he do that? Still bring the ferocity without sliding in and seeming like he's a lower crust character. And then seeing him be in, get t- mind control for that fight in the church. Um, I think it would be very interesting. And he's like teaching a younger, um, you know, students about it and everything with the Kingsman. So I, I think it could be a lot of fun. Or Ray Fiennes in The King's Man. I think that could have been interesting too. But I like him better as the Colin Firth character. I mean, having just watched The King's Man, yeah. I did think about him as like, could I put him in here? But um, that posh element, yeah, you yeah, really yeah. need for the character. Yeah. And to me, once I started thinking about it, it's kind of like uh, Adele. When you see Adele and see her perform, she is nothing but radiant elegance and posh. Yeah. And you see her in an interview and she's like, well, this, she is blue collar as it gets. Yeah, she is. So it's that yeah. juxtaposition with Kingsman. I was like, I, I want to believe that he could do it. I, I, I went, you know, through the mental uh, mm. process. I just couldn't get to it myself, yeah. but it, Fair enough. There is something intriguing there. Yeah, with the glasses and the hair a little bit, like giving him some hair, some, you know, that he parts on the side. It would be really interesting to see him kind of step into that role and then 
Of course, he'd do the manners maketh man moment really well. Um, and in the end, I think it'd, it'd be kick-ass to see him do it. It's a nice stretch for him. And although Colin Firth is excellent in that role, I think it would be fun to see Jason take on that role because it's something he's never really done. So True. All right. Well, there's our bottom fives, Matt. Should we take a quick break? That we shall. We're going to hear this word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. See you guys in just a second. All right. There we go. Now on to our top fives at number five. I've got Ocean's Eleven. Ooh, nice choice. Damn it. And I think you could swap out two roles. Okay. Okay. Either Don Cheadle's or or Garcia's. Fuck. That's... Cheadle is the logical choice, dude. Yes. That accent was terrible from Cheadle. It's terrible. But... But I like him as Garcia. Actually, he's my favorite of the two. Oh, really? Okay. Well, look, because... you don't I like Cheeto being in it. So maybe we just change his accent or something. So we already have a British guy. Right, right. And right. you play a different character. I thought I wanted Garcia to succeed. Yeah. And I think he comes off as I don't know. He's not much of a threat to me. No, he isn't. I and mean, you know, Andy hasn't been a threat a threat for quite some time. I yeah. mean uh, you know, Since Godfather three. Yeah, Godfather <laughs> Three. That's pretty much the apex of the last time he was somewhat of a threat. And then as he's gotten older, he's played more of these mellower roles to the mm-hmm. point where he doesn't really scare you, and he doesn't. And so it doesn't really work. And so I agree with you. That's one of the negatives about that movie, very few negatives about that movie, is that Andy's not as believable. So when they brought him back in Ocean's 13 and yet again he's suckered, you're just like, ah, you know, why do you take a role on like this, Andy? I don't understand. But money, 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 money. I guess. Shoot, shoot a couple of days. Make a nice bunch of cash. I guess, but there's something about status, and now people don't see you in a certain way in your other films. I, but he's also working on the biggest A-list movie of that year of just sheer wattage of power, and he gets the association, especially in 13 coming back. Now we got Pacino. Hoo-ha! Uh, but yeah, I think if you sub him in yeah, in Ocean's Eleven, suddenly I can see this tete-a-tete with him and George Clooney. Yeah. And it taking an army of guys to outduel them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Cheetle would be the obvious, but I'd like to keep Cheetle, maybe just change the character a little bit. That's a great choice. And I love that idea. Doing Garcia, I think, would be be the upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. That movie says, uh, what? He, uh, Garcia wasn't scary in Mamma Mia 2? No, he wasn't scary in Mamma Mia 2. You're assuming I saw Mamma Mia 1. <laughs> there was a 2? There was a two. <laughs> How many ABBA songs didn't get in the first cut of, you know, one that they had to bring it back for two? Uh, um, all right. So then my number five is Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy. I he, could absolutely see him as Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy. Dude, your list is just designed. It's like the, the clickbaity hot take of, of lists here so far. You think Midnight Run is the clickbaity hot take of lists? That coupled with McConaughey and the Gentleman, and now this, Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill. Yeah, yeah, I do. What do you got next? Uh, Schwarzenegger <laughs> in Terminator. No, he's not big enough. Uh, but maybe Robert <laughs> Patrick in T2. I could see that. Maybe that's coming up. Oh, I could see that. Did you put that on your list? I didn't maybe. think about that. Maybe. I went down a Schwarzenegger uh, rabbit hole, but I didn't. Uh, yeah. I thought about the Terminators. I was like, no chance. Yeah, maybe. 
But no, I like, I, I thought about him as Guardians. I'm like, yeah. And you know, cause Feige said that he had been up for a Marvel role and turned it down. And then Statham talked some shit about the Marvel movies, which is pretty funny. I'm like, the star from Homefront shouldn't be talking shit about Marvel movies, but whatever. Um, uh, cause I mean, you can't even call them generic when you're doing generic fucking action vehicles. Oh yeah. One after another after another. Yeah. Transporter 12. And be like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Please. Yeah. Um, and the whatever one he did with Jennifer Lopez, which was terrible. And then the mechanic series. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would love to see him as Peter Quill. I think it'd be a, an interesting choice, a younger Statham. So he's still kind of in that snatch stage where other people who are a little bit older in the movie can get the best of him. So you could have a situation where he's navigating what he's navigating in Guardians of the Galaxy and then like, you know, trying to put that together. Ronan's kind of getting on him. So I think it'd be kind of fun to see his approach to it. Plus, he'd look great in the outfit and the costume. And having the back and forth with him and um, Zoe Zaldana would be really interesting because I haven't seen – again, I haven't seen him do much romantic stuff. You know, he's like, kind of like Pacino in that way. He doesn't do much romantic stuff. So, yeah. I I, I am just, you know, going to keep my mouth shut. Because <laughs> I love Statham and a lot of different things, but this ain't one of them. All right. Fair enough. Matt Movie says, I don't know if Statham has shown the vulnerability to be able to be Quill. Yeah. Or the comedy chops. Uh, I'm Wait. not sure if I buy the back of it. Yes, he's done comedy, but yeah. like a lot of the, the, the funniest parts of Guardians are entirely Pratt. Yeah. Like improving on the set. So that's gone. That's, mm-hmm. so you're just relying on. No dance off, which would be nice to remove. No dance off. No, when he drops that orb, that was yeah. a legit, that's all, uh, there's a couple others who was just like, that was entirely him. You're acting as if Jason Statham doesn't have a. Comedy chops. Uh, unless somebody else writes it, I would be shocked if he could come up with good comedy. All right, Jason, if you're listening, Matt doesn't believe you can do stand-up comedy. Well, I don't know about stand-up. I don't know if you can do cinematic if it's not written for you. Do I think you could deliver the line? Sure. Do I think you can write and augment and add to, come up with punchlines, tags? No, no, I don't believe so. But admittedly, you have only seen maybe eight Jason Statham movies. So you I've seen more than that, but uh, not many more than that. Let's say 11. Let's say 12. I would, I would. No, I don't want to put, wait, I don't want to put our money there. I'll put my double or nothing all-star money on the, on the, on the. On we the, didn't put any money on it. Didn't we? I thought we put five, the $5 on it no, from our. It was bet. just bragging rights. And then you were like, you're not going to tweet out the results. And I was like, dude, I'll do that Monday morning as soon as I wake up. I did it Monday morning as soon you as did. I woke up. Steph Curry, dear God. 16 threes. Wow. It's just ridiculous. That was insane. Just ridiculous. Uh, and I had forgotten who had him. It's like I woke up in the morning. I was like, wait. I looked at him. I was looking at him. I was like, did I pick Steph Curry? I think I picked Steph Curry. Yeah, you took him like uh, as your fourth starter. Yeah. Of the, you know, the 10 starters were drafting. So it's not like he was. And I'm I'm not faulting you. Uh, yeah. Because I didn't take him with my first three picks or whatever. How many before? Yeah. I think I even said he's one of these guys is going to break out in the All-Star game. Him or I forget whoever it was. I figured LeBron would play fewer minutes. He got more points than I anticipated. Giannis was a good one because I knew he would go hard. But yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I think you're out of your mind <laughs> on Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Just out of your mind. All right. 
And sadly, that's going to make the list. Possibly. Well, it's so high Mm -hmm. that there's no way it doesn't. You might use your veto power. I think it's. Do we have that? We have veto power? Oh, that's good to know after all these years. You've seen Snatch. Yeah. Transporter? No. Uh, I've seen Transporter. I've seen both the Cranks. I've seen Lockstock. I've seen The Meg. I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. I've seen Spy. I've okay. seen, uh, I need help now. Italian job? You yep. Seen seen Italian job. Oh, and the bank job. Oh, and the bank job is 10. Okay. All right. Um, I stand correct. There's still a couple others. I haven't seen everything. There's like the fast, whichever the fast death race I did not see. The Expendables movies? I saw the first one. Okay. So that counts. And some of the second. Yeah. I've seen a decent amount of state. All right. All right. Any of the mechanic ones? Did you see any of those? No. Uh, a little bit of one. And I was like, did you see Wrath of Man? The guy Richie when he did last year? No. Dude, watch that one. No jokes. No jokes. It's a straightforward, fucking brutal uh, <laughs> film. You say that like he's known no, for doing Ritchie, comedy. Guy Richie always does those. Like, oh, I thought you were saying Statham. No, no, no jokes no. from him this time. He is dead yeah. serious. Nope. Like, that's kind of what Statham does in a lot of his movies. Yeah, no, no, no. Wrath of Man was good, man. There's none of that Guy Ritchie character, you know, characters in the movie. No, they're very straightforward, set in L.A., all about an armored car heist. It's pretty fucking cool. And death, death galore. So it's pretty a brutal film. By the way, I just realized that Matt Movies is Matthew Kearns. I didn't know that was Matthew Kearns, and I looked at the... His uh, avatar with his big head on um, Luke. On Luke there. And I don't mean big because his head's big. I mean because it's the size is proportional to the body. It's close, but it is a little bit larger than (laughs) Mark Hamill's head would be in that actual shot. And I'm not trying to say anything negative, so don't get upset, Matt. Um, All right. So that was your what? Four or five? That was your five. We're into your four, right. Uh, My four is very specifically – the live free or die hard, die hard. Oh, playing the sun or no. Bruce Willis? Take it over Bruce Willis's. Wow. Just for that one movie. Wow. Because I think Bruce is somewhat checked out by these. Okay. Okay. There's that one and then there's the one in Russia. It's a good day to die hard or whatever. Yeah. This is the one in DC with Timothy Oliphant, Justin Long and Kevin Smith. Right. Yes. But it's got the Hobbs and Shaw, like a, a, a F-14 or whatever, a Raptor is like mm-hmm. firing on a, a, a truck that he's driving and whatnot. And in my head, I'm like, you could easily just swap in Jason Statham. This is a yeah. Jason Statham movie, just reskinned as a diehard movie. <laughs> uh, so I think you literally could put him in, could have the exact same plot, right. change the name of the lead character and the title, and no one would know the difference. Yeah, that's fair. Is it just not intrinsically a diehard movie to me? It's the last quote unquote good one that they did. Yeah. Is that the one with the jet and Timothy yeah. Olyphant's the villain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oof. it's it's decent. Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith plays the bunker conspiracy theorist. And, right, uh, Justin Long. Yeah, that's right. And then this is where Kevin Smith met Bruce Willis, and they worked on that uh, Tracy Morgan. The one afterwards, and then Kevin Smith is more than happy to throw Bruce under the bus after making that movie with him. Hey, man. You just don't get along with everybody. It's the yeah, you, you can't. You can't. It's a rule of nature. But I, I think this is an easy swap out because I don't think Bruce really gives a shit. 
in yeah. this movie. I think you're it's, right. So it's just an easy, like, okay, I think Statham would try a little bit harder. Okay. And could deliver all these lines just as well, if not a little bit better, because he's actually caring in these scenes. And I think it'd be a better movie. Uh, and it's, it's basically already a Statham film. Yeah. All right. I like that idea, actually. That's a good one. Um, all right. So then my number four. What are you recasting? Raging Bull? Where are you, where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing now? Godfather Brando. I'm removing Tom Cruise from Collateral and I'm putting Jason Statham in Collateral. So, you know, you broke my balls when I said Hugh Jackman and that was my number one on our Hugh Jackman. And you're like, no way. Tom Cruise, that is Tom Cruise's role. I would never change Tom Cruise. I don't believe I said that. I don't believe Oh, someone, whoever's in the chat, please go look it up. You went banana times on me because I was like, this is really interesting if you visualize Hugh, who always plays a nice guy, just like Tom, in this role. I don't think Hugh would do that role as well Well, as Statham could do that role. You you can say whatever you like, (laughs) but I do remember you boisterously voicing your objection to the idea of replacing Tom Cruise. I don't think I would buy Hugh Jackman in that role. But I would buy. Ah, it's revisionist history. It was quite clearly nobody else could do this role but Tom Cruise at the time. There's no way I said that. Uh, Please, someone in the chat, go find it. It's What If Hugh Jackman. There are a few roles where I believe that. It's my number one, so it's going to be towards the end of the video. (laughs) Go look it up. I'm almost certain you said no one can do this except for Tom Cruise. Well, clearly I've changed my mind if that Apparently was Apparently so. Because <laughs> I, I think he would be fantastic in this role. Um, and again, a good challenge for him to play this kind of brutal hitman. But then at the end, uh, having to kind of come to terms with his death would be really interesting to have kind of pathos. You know, people say, like, uh, some people say, oh, he hasn't shown the vulnerability. Has Maybe because people aren't casting him in these roles to show the abilities he might have to show his vulnerability. So you, you got to give him a chance with that. So I think he'd be great in this. And him hunting down, I think he'd be, a, it would feel more ruthless to have him hunting down Jamie Foxx than Tom Cruise does. And so I would be absolutely down to see what he would do. I don't know. Cause we've seen him in 17 mission impossible films. Like he is he's really good at hunting people down. I think that's what makes the film so Fantastic, and why I like Jackman for it is you take somebody that we've seen play good guy after good guy after good guy, yeah. and now you take all the skills that we've seen on film, and you mm-hmm. flip that into bad guy, whereas Jason, a lot of his characters exist in the gray. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he'd be a bad casting choice. Right. I just think what has the punch for me personally is the fact that you're taking somebody who's we've seen be intrinsically good yeah, and become this monolithic force for evil mm-hmm. the jaws on land if you will <laughs> that's a good description actually uh, yeah all right well that's my four what's your three uh my number three is uh kindergarten cop swapping Ooh. him with arnie interesting choice there's my comedy i do think okay so i, I like it for its potential okay so it's the highest risk reward to me. Right, right. Because if it fails, it's going to fail miserably. Yeah. And I don't think there's much middle ground. But I do think the setup of, like, they're going undercover, him and his partner, and she's going to be the teacher and then uh-huh. get sick, and he has to be substituted in. Now he has to deal with the madness of all these kids. Yeah. I think it works really well. Is it the Arnie with that accent 
makes it all the more endearing because also he's this huge, larger than life character. Yeah. That comes to be like a protector of these kids. Does that help sell the comedy? Perhaps. That's where I'm just like, a, this may not have the quite the desired mm-hmm. punch, but there's something interesting to me uh, in, in all of it. So I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Well, I mean, he has to play, at least there are some scenes where he's flirting with Penelope Ann Miller and would have to be believable. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of a love interest there. And I would probably believe that more than Arnie's. Okay. But Arnie with the kids might be magic and that's yeah, going to be tough, tough to replace. That is to tough. Replicate. To yeah. That's where it's like, it all hinges on that. Yeah. yeah. Candy like that. It's not a tumor. Right. That's funny because it's coming from Schwarzenegger saying it like that. Yeah, right. Um, and the whole princess thing. Right. Yeah, so it's a tough sell, but okay. It I could see. fail, but yeah. it, it was one of the more interesting ones. So it ended up at my yeah. number three. It's like Midnight Run. It could fail, but it could be great. I just think that Groden, you can see the amount of respect that he has for De Niro and De Niro vice versa, that Groden doesn't have that respect for Jason Statham. So. I love how this is before he's got to do the Beethovens. You know what I mean? He was still riding I, high in the cinematic world. I hear you, but I love how you think Statham would give a shit. <laughs> Groden, whether he has, a, well, I just a, don't think Groden signs that. on. <sighs> even, uh, even, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Are you say even better, and you're gonna find somebody else? I mean, I'm sure there is. I'm this sure is the high water mark of Groden. It is pretty much. You're right about that. Hundred percent. Um, so the my number three is uh, removing Bradley Cooper from The Hangover and putting Jason Statham in as Bradley Cooper. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I thought about Limitless for a Cooper, but I was like, I don't know if he can pull it off as well as Cooper does. Interesting, The Hangover. I didn't even occur to me to do that one. I think it's got that potential because he's got he's like, what the hell is going on here? What do you guys do? Blah blah blah. But he's also the driving force. Of them trying to find this, plus the back and forth with him and Galifianakis. Oh, my God. Galifianakis would take the piss out of him through a majority of the movie. So I think it would work to have him as a bit of a foil playing against type as the ruthless kind of guy here where they're, he's constantly in these situations where his toughness is not really helping him out. And so I think that would be really funny, a really funny element of the fool, of the movie if you were to put him in the Bradley Cooper role, in my opinion. And that Mike Tyson scene would have a whole other angle to it for sure. What, you think he's going to stand up to Tyson? No, no. I think he would be like floored at the ferocity of Tyson and make some kind of smirking comment about it where he's just like, you know, some kind of thing that he does in his other movies where he smirks and kind of looks over and makes some kind of smart-ass comment. So I think that's what it would be all about. And he's not a love interest, so... He's not, but he's a likable prick is what Bradley (laughs) Cooper is in that movie. So stay them. If he brings like his his snatch energy to it, yes, I think he'd flat out pull it off. If it's modern day Statham, I'm not. I I I, I think it's a taller ask. Yeah, but yeah, it's possible. I think you'd be good at it. Um, because like you said, a likable prick. He is a likable prick. So, and he was a likable prick in um. Oh, I can't remember the movie right now. It was it was in my head, and then it, it went it went out. So you know, I think you can do it. I think you can do it. Um, all right, what's your two? Uh, my deuce is uh, Speed. Ooh, interesting. Keanu Reeves. Okay, all right. Um, because who doesn't love Keanu? 
at I this mean, point. Yeah. And that really kind of helped launch him into this guy does action movies. Mm-hmm. So who knows if we get a Matrix, him even being offered Matrix, if there's no speed before that. That's a good point. Uh, but I also don't think that character is so indelibly like burned into my brain that it has to be Keanu and Keanu alone. Yeah. Like that he's the only one that could pull that off. Right. I'm right. pretty sure other people could have pulled that character off. Um, whereas like the Sandy Bullock, I don't know her charm in that being young and ingenue. We didn't know her. I think yeah. that was kind of hers. Yeah. Um, whereas like the Jeff Daniels, you can easily recast. Oh, sure. Yeah. Dennis Hopper. I think you got to keep. Yeah. Um, but I think Keanu, you could recast. And then I definitely see because I just visualized him jumping from the car into the bus. And I'm like, I a hundred percent believe Statham doing that. Right. Right. And then showing up and, uh, just commanding everybody on the bus with his presence alone. Yeah. Um, and he's a, a cop. Sure. I buy him as a cop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not like it takes a tremendous amount of wits to figure out what's going on here and how uh, best to do it. I mean, the, the headiest thing. Keanu's character does is take him to the airport because no cameras can go there. So the bomber can't follow him. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing missing from here is that he's not an every man. And that's the kind of thing with Keanu. He radiates the kind of every man. And so you could buy, so you bought, Oh yeah. You bought him in the movie being like one step behind Dennis Hopper through majority of the film until he figures it out. And because he seems like, a regular dude like us, we'd be like, wow, God damn it. I'm going to try to figure it out and step-by-step step, taking the chances or putting it together. And so in that way, I think you lose a little bit of the everyman quality that uh, Keanu brings to everything he does um, with Statham. Uh, but I still think it would work. I don't think it's a bad choice at all. And it would be a nice challenge to see him have that kind of flirty interaction with Elizabeth. I'm sorry, with uh, Sandra Bullock as it develops. And then, you know, eventually having to take out his vengeance on uh, on Dennis Hopper. So, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. What do you got at two? Uh, two is what we mentioned earlier, Terminator 2, him as the T-1000, the Robert Patrick character. I mean, Schwarzenegger in his prime against Jason Statham in his prime? Going at it would be a fantastic thing to watch and witness. I could see Jason, no words, just fucking running down the street. Doing the whole thing with the, you know, knives out of his hands and all that kind of jazz. And I think it'd be a great film to see them go back and forth. Nothing against Robert Patrick, who's great in the role. But I think Statham would be so interesting to see in this. I mean, action hero versus action hero would be really, um, I don't know. If you're an action movie fan, you can't help but salivate at that possibility. But I think, I like it. I think it totally could work. I think it's definitely, uh, a, you know, an idea that would succeed at the box office. Probably, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, I just think that with Patrick in there, because he's not an action star, because he's not this larger than life personality, and because he's not this huge looming figure, mm-hmm. it makes the fact that the T1000 is practically unstoppable all the more menacing that mm-hmm. it comes in this innocuous package. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Statham could easily slip right, right into that. And then uh, it doesn't really change a lot of the complexion of the film to me. Yeah, I don't think so. It'd be in, it brings an extra ferocity, it brings a little ferocity to the film 
It's because Statham's not a big dude necessarily. He is now, but like when he was first starting out, he was, you know, lock, stock, do smoke and barrels and what have you. He's a thinner guy. So I think he could have worked in that Robert Patrick role as a thinner guy as well. To take your point, I do agree with you. Be curious because I know that Robert Patrick's choice was to not blink as much as possible because he's a robot. Mm. And whether or not that comes through, because that's you, when you watch it, the, he never blinks in the movie. Oh. They had to go and I think digitally alter a few shots, but by and large, it's just him wow. keeping his eyes open. Wow. And that was his choice coming in, if memory serves. Right. Uh, which I think is an excellent choice. It's one of those subtle things that you're not even aware of when you watch it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like small little choices like that. I think that add up to the character, but yeah. you know, give stay, stay them credit. Maybe he comes in with something different. Yeah. Maybe I like the idea. Uh, all right. So what's your one? Uh, my one, I think it's easily the most successful. That's why I put it. Number one, okay. swap out Adrian Brody and predators. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a great choice, actually. Because yeah. in Predator, you got to have Schwarzenegger for his sheer size. Right, 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 of course. And then Predator 2, it's like Danny Glover's this everyman. Right. Just cop on the beat. Whereas this is a bunch of random special forces and and Yakuza and yeah. uh, or Yakuza, or however you want to pronounce it, uh, Mexican cartel guys and just the – a whole bevy of badasses, and they all fall in line behind one badass. Yeah. I, much as I like the movie, I never bought that Adrian Brody is the badass. They'd all go, all right, I'm following him. I just haven't. Whereas if you put Statham in that, it's like, yeah, 100%. I buy that. Mm. Uh, I just think it's an upgrade overall, and it takes what I think is a pretty good movie and amps it up just even a little bit more. What scene would you think he'd like knock out of the park? Well, there's the end uh, fight scene, but the one that that I first thought about is when he figures out that they're not on Earth, and it's him and the girl, and they're trying to figure out North using the puddle oh, yeah. of water with the – so the gravitationally here, it would just yeah. do this, and he looks down, and he shows her that, and then basically just signifies we're not on Earth. And uh, in that moment, I was trying to visualize him, like, having done this in the wild a bunch of times. mm like being out away from any kind of mission control type of area where he's just alone, not a rogue agent, but somebody that we sent out for a mission on a task. And yeah. I was like, I'm just not buying you in this. So I started thinking of Statham in that. I'm like, yeah, I believe that he has the survivalist skills. So that's hmm. my number one. Strong number one. I feel like you're about to say, but my number one. <laughs> Could be the strongest. No, no, I don't Harrison Ford in <laughs> A New Hope. I think he'd be a way better Han Solo. Uh, no, The Godfather. No, I'm just joking. Um, <clears throat> Crocodile Dundee. Oh, he zagged. That's not a knife. All right. That's not a knife. Um, I put Lethal Weapon down. Have him replace Gibson. You're out of your mind. And I... you're out of your mind. You're telling me that's that's a more interesting film to you. The Gibson. You we said both... it wasn't about making it interesting, and it wasn't about that they would do a better job. Better job is what I said. Could be interesting. You know, it, it's an interesting possibility. I uh, think it's an interesting possibility to have him in the film. Oh, I 
with your crazy talk. I think that's Mel Gibson's forever. You think so? Okay. Me personally, it's your list, man. Sell me on it. I like the idea that he could play this character and be on the edge. And he would have even more of an edge than Mel has on the, in the movie. Mel has a crazy edge. Statham's would be a legitimately uh, ruthless edge, like a knife's edge. And that would add an even extra element of like, well, what is he going to do in certain moments? What is he not going to do in certain moments? Now, does he do the Larry, Moe, and Curly nope. scene? No. But so you have to replace it with something else. But I think it's possible if he's suicidal and he's kind of in that place. And especially when you look at Spy, he's able to play those kind of like hard-ass people making the jokes at their own expense without knowing they're making the jokes at their own expense. And so I think it could be interesting to see him kind of take on that role and have chemistry with him and Danny Glover. That is something that I okay I could see. So the Larry, the Three Stooges scene, probably yeah. not happening. Right. Do you think the gun in his mouth and you see Mel mentally breaking down with his eyes quivering and about on the verge of tears, which is to me fundamental to the character? Yeah. Do you really see Statham being able to do that? Yeah, maybe. In your heart of hearts. Maybe. 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 I have to give him the chance. I have to see what he can do. I just, I think that, that scene alone, just like there's very few people that I think can pull that off. You're right. So maybe it would have to be in a different, it would have to be in a different. They have to rewrite the character. Version. No, I don't think they rewrite the whole character. Well, it's that where he's suicidal and he lost his wife. And I yeah. think we have to change that aspect of it. All that could still be there. It's just that it, the, the breakdown is different, you know, where Mel's is very much like, I'm the star of this movie. So let's make this really standout scene be about me. It could be a different situation with him. I mean, because remember, he's got that scene with a gun and he's about to shoot himself and he can't do it. Right. He puts the gun down. Mm-hmm. Um, and what have you. You see, Matt's like, I give you, he could do Mr. Joshua, but no, but you, Gary Busey is so perfect for that role. I would hate to replace Gary Busey. I be, yeah. I think because Busey's so unhinged. Yeah. Like, what about, what's his name from Dharma and Greg? I, I believe that. Who the dad? The dad who plays the bu- the guy above Mr. Joshua. Can in essence, in essence, like he just died this week too, man. That's when you bring that. Did up. he really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. the actor. Yeah, he died this week. Because uh, what I'm visualizing him in this is, I mean, Mark Harmon in summer school with a gun because he lives at the beach, <laughs> but he doesn't carry the same emotional weight that Mel Gibson could give you. Uh, <laughs> I just look. It's your, it's your production company. You know, it is. So if you want to make a movie that only makes a hundred million, we're going to make five hundred. That's fine. That is your <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah, I had another one, and I just couldn't. I I couldn't a hundred percent get around. I mean, I like it for number one. It's the most shocking. That's what I'm saying. I like the idea. Uh. So I'll 100% give you that. It is. Yeah. Although your number one is pretty good. So uh, I hadn't thought of your number one. That was good. So. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our separate lists for what if Jason Statham was in this movie. Um, so we're going to, I guess, put this list together. Yeah. I say we just flip a coin and then trade off. All right. Do you have one? 
Yeah, Congrats. I got our usual. All right, here we go. Breaking out the old Batman Superman coin. Let me know when you're officially here to recognize the flip. Are you ready? (laughs) This determines everything. Yes. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right, so your bullshit is number one. Woo! Lead the weapon! Number one. All right, Predators, number two. And you had what, T2? Uh, yes, T2 is number two. All right, and I've got speed. What was your number three again? Hangover, hangover. All right. Okay, so, uh, what's your number four? Collateral. And your number five? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Matt. Yeah. Take it. I love it. If I had veto power, I'd veto Lethal Weapon, not Guardians. <laughs> I'm sure we, I don't get multiple vetoes in this equation. But that means I get to veto one of yours. Go ahead. What do you want to veto? I don't want to veto anything. Uh, I sure. respect it. Sure. It's all, all right. Our- yeah, we're done. That was easy. All right, let's do it. The top ten films. Oh, wait. The top ten. What if Jason Statham was in this films? Yeah. At number ten. Ocean's Eleven. At number nine. Guardians of the Galaxy. At number eight. Collateral. At number seven. Live Free or Die Hard. At number six. Kindergarten Cop. At number five. The Hangover. At number four. T2. At number three. Speed. At number two, Predators. And our number one film, What If Jason Statham Was In It Is? Is Inexplicably Lethal Weapon. Woohoo! I don't normally editorialize on the number one. <laughs> no, you don't, usually. Uh, Clearly, but, I, I uh, struck a nerve here. Please, please let us know on Twitter, at Matt oh, Knows and at Roga Says and at Top Ten Show. Tag us in all three. I, I want to know, do you guys you buy know, Lethal I Weapon? I don't instigate. Our fans to attack the Capitol. I don't know. You just uh, instigated them to attack the Roca Capitol. And it's, that's just it's not a, even a, a, unfair. I'm asking for healthy discussion. I'm asking, am I? You just in said, the, let's in the minority the here. Capital, and let's, uh, let's let them know is what you said. That's what you said. Uh, that is Heart not what I said. Heart. That is not what I said. I didn't say let this man know he is wrong and, uh, it's implied. We're not walking around your hallways screaming, where is your office? <laughs> We're doing none of that. All I'm saying is do I'm doing some Clinton-esque polling Ooh, to figure wow. out the, uh, the, the measure there it is. of the people. The people's. To figure I, out, I, you know, what is the temperature of the room here? Because I feel like that to me is uh, banana times. I feel like you're trying to turn up the temperature in the room. That's what I feel like. I know. Um, I'm just trying to get the pulse of the nation here to figure out what the top ten nation is thinking. The nation. I like it. 
Uh, I'm sorry, you already have the nation, right? So we need to be something uh, different. The collective. Ooh, that sounds more Borg. I don't know if I like that. (laughs) We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, top 10 films. uh, Top 10. What if Jason Statham was in these movies? I hope you enjoyed our lists and counting them down. Matt, what do we have to tell them? Uh, please follow the show at Top Ten Show, all spelled out on Twitter and on YouTube and Instagram. It is uh, forward slash the Top Ten Podcast with the number ten. So please hit us up, and uh, you can follow me at Matt Nost anywhere. Um, and uh, the Geek Buddies, the Nerd Dudes, will be on this week's Settle the Score, so you can hear that Thursday. Go check that out. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts. And if you want some basketball action, uh, dropping dimes for. Uh, NBA discussion, and that is it for me this week. Right on. Uh, you can always follow me at the Roker says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and then uh, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch, and my YouTube channel for all the stuff I do on the Outlaw Nation outlet, youtube.com slash John Roca says. So much happening over there. My other podcast, the Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies. Um, all right, that's it. Right here, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top Ten. Peace. Ooh.